they didn't pay their fines. Putting forward legislation that holds offenders accountable. Violate the Constitution. Limits liberty and security. Today, the Supreme Court of Canada. The Supreme Court of Canada. The Supreme Court of Canada. The Supreme Court of Canada decision granting Canadians the rights that she was denied. This is Justice Radio, Acumen Law Corporation's podcast. They are the first thing we look at in the morning. They tell us where to go and remind us what to do. They document our every waking moment, and they connect us with virtually everyone all of the time. Smartphones have taken over our lives. In a world of stimuli competing for our attentions, we spend a remarkable amount of time glued to our screens. Roughly five hours a day, according to Time magazine, which is freaky. In a relatively short period of time, smartphones have infiltrated their way into the center of our day-to-day existence. So much so that putting the darn things down for a minute has become a challenge in itself. We can't help ourselves from using them, even when we shouldn't. At the dinner table, at work, behind the wheel of a car, it's an addiction. It's easy to understand the growing cultural animosity towards smartphones, but are we going too far? In the backlash against technology, could we be losing some perspective? Using your phone while driving, commonly called distracted driving, has been seized upon by the feds and the BC government as a serious threat to public safety. Like the war on drugs before it, distracted driving has become a boogeyman used to justify increasingly harsh policy. And the government is all too eager to let people know it's coming down hard on distracted driving. To understand why this is, you only have to look at the Insurance Corporation of BC. Last year it stated on its website that 78 people die on average every year in BC where distracted driving was a contributing factor. At Acumen Law we thought this claim sounded fishy so we did some digging. We sent a freedom of information request to the BC Coroner Service. It turns out ICBC's numbers were more than a little off. Coroners have determined that between 2008 and 2016 just 14 deaths had been the result of motorists using an electronic device, so quite a bit lower than the suggested number of 78. Now some cases are still under investigation, of course, and there are some deaths that we'll really never know if an electronic device played a part. But even still, why would the government-run insurer want to exaggerate the extent to which distracted driving is actually causing deaths on the road? Could it have anything to do with seeing a lucrative opportunity to target distracted drivers? In any event, this attempt to swing public opinion appears to be working. The justice system, following the government's lead, has given very little leeway in how distracted driving is enforced. Take for a moment the case of Samuel Bainbridge. For those of you who are unfamiliar, a story appeared on various news sites about an appearance Mr. Bainbridge made at BC Provincial Court earlier this year. He had been driving his Ford Explorer on a highway in Kelowna in January, and he was spotted by a police officer. According to the constable, he had been holding his phone in his right hand. The officer radioed ahead to a pickup crew and Mr. Bainbridge was pulled over. At the traffic stop, a second officer testified that Mr. Bainbridge said, I wasn't communicating with anyone, force of habit to have a phone in my hand. Testifying on his own behalf, Mr. Bainbridge didn't dispute the officer's account of what they saw. In fact, he admitted 
to also having a wallet in the same hand as the phone. He also confirmed the force of habit line. What Mr. Bainbridge didn't accept, however, was that he was using his phone in any way. He wasn't calling, texting, using GPS, charging, listening to music, nothing of the sort. The officer's evidence even supported this claim. They said Mr. Bainbridge didn't have the phone up to his ear. They didn't see his lips moving. They couldn't see light from the screen, and he wasn't manipulating the phone. Even the way he was holding it, with his thumb on one side and his finger on the other, it's not how you'd normally hold a phone if you were using it. Mr. Bainbridge said that in order for him to be found guilty of distracted driving using an electronic device, the Crown should be required to prove he had actually been using one of the phone's functions. Despite the evidence, the judge still found Mr. Bainbridge guilty and fined him $368. To understand why he was found guilty, despite clearly not using the phone, we need to look at the BC Motor Vehicle Act. The Act makes it an offense to use an electronic device while driving or operating a vehicle on a highway, and it defines use as either operating one or more of the device's functions or holding the device in a position in which it may be used. Now, even though Mr. Bainbridge's defense was that he wasn't using the phone, it didn't matter. All that mattered was that he was holding it in a position in which he may have used it. So the courts don't care if you're actually using the electronic device or not because the letter of the law states that simply holding it is enough for a conviction. Not only in BC, but in other provinces too. In 2013, a woman named Kazimi was driving in Ontario. Her cell phone fell off the passenger seat while she was braking. When she got to a red light, she quickly reached down to pick it up. Unfortunately for her, an officer saw her and gave her a ticket, $200. Now, she disputed her ticket, and the Justice of the Peace took her side, concluding that momentary handling, just for a second, was insufficient to qualify as holding. But, of course, the Crown appealed this decision, and they were successful. They had the conviction reinstated. The appeal judge ruled holding meant any gripping of a cellular device, and there needed to be a complete prohibition on having a cell phone in your hand while driving in the interest of road safety. So even picking up a phone off the floor while stopped at a red light counts as distracted driving in Ontario, at least. Here in BC, the definition of using a phone behind a wheel has been interpreted some other creative ways by the courts. Masood Jahani was driving in North Vancouver when he was stopped at an intersection. While he was waiting for the light to change, he reached down to plug a cable into his phone with the screen facing away from him. An officer appeared, as they do, out of nowhere, knocked on his window and proceeded to give him a ticket for using an electronic device. Mr. Jahani fought the ticket and submitted his personal cell phone records because he wanted to show that he was not making a call at the time of driving. So we have a driver not holding his phone, not using any of its functions, in a stationary vehicle at an intersection. Surely you would think that leaning down to plug the charging cable into the phone doesn't mean he was using an electronic device, right? Wrong, of course. The law applies equally when the vehicle is stationary as when it's in motion. The Motor Vehicle Act stipulates that you simply have to be operating a vehicle for an electronic device to be able to distract you. So you think you can quickly pull over to the side of the road to send that important text? Unless the car is in park and you're in a lawful parking spot, you can be convicted of using an electronic device while driving. As for the issue of whether he was holding the phone, which he wasn't, it didn't matter in the final decision, 
the judge found charging of the phone to be one of the device's functions. So in his decision, the court said, I find that Mr. Jahani's use of the phone, even for the purposes of charging, was a distracting event. His eyes were taken away from the roadway. So even when it gets to court, the courts have imported this phrase of distracted driving to the charge of using an electronic device. Of course, using your phone while driving is dangerous, but it's gotten to the point where otherwise completely safe drivers are being severely punished for a minor lapse of judgment. Distracted driving is a complicated offense, and it's being dealt with in very uncomplicated terms. Kind of like using a sledgehammer to crack a nut. We need to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of these laws? To condition people to stop using their phones behind the wheel? To punish bad drivers? To protect public safety? If that's the case, is it fair to make the definition of using your phone behind the wheel so inflexible that simply holding your phone is treated the same as calling or texting? How much does having a phone in your hand actually distract you from driving? Where is the public safety risk? Is it more distracting than turning up the air conditioning on your vehicle's touch screen, which is perfectly legal by the way? So long as the government continues to wage its public relations war on distracted driving, the hands of the justice system will appear to be more or less tied. We can all sympathize with Mr. Bainbridge's assertion that holding his phone was a force of habit because so many of us do that. As we continue to get more and more attached to our devices, it's a habit that's going to be harder to shake. How often have you been walking around your house with your phone in your hand while you're looking for your phone? It just happens that way. In the government's total war on using electronic devices behind the wheel, people who wouldn't dream of actually using their phone while driving are getting caught in the crossfire. On the front line of this war are police officers under increasing pressure to clamp down on cell phone use while driving. In March, the police departments in BC made a big deal out of the so-called blitz they carried out on using an electronic device. With a $1.3 billion shortfall in ICBC finances, which we've discussed many times, you can see why going after distracted driving is an attractive way to recoup funds. The government is currently in the first phase of setting up a new system to collect more revenue from so-called distracted drivers. They announced a 20% increase in the driver risk premium for people who have convictions for using an electronic device. A new e-ticketing system is being piloted in Delta and Vancouver. While the intersection cameras are being installed around the province, the expected windfall from these increased sources of revenue is so great that the Union of Municipalities in BC is already pleading with the government not to take away its slice of the revenue. The war on cell phones while driving doesn't stop there. The government is also planning to hike insurance premiums for people with electronic device tickets on their driving record. That starts April 1st, 2019. So your driver's abstract is going to be tied to your insurance, and if you have any tickets, even from the past, expect your rates to climb. The BC government is also cranking up fines and penalties for tickets. For March next year, anyone caught committing the offense twice within the space of three years could face punitive ICBC premiums and fines up to $2,000, 58% increase on the current penalty. Our Attorney General, David Eby, the minister responsible for ICBC, has even publicly discussed changing ICBC policies so that if you crash your vehicle as a result of using your phone, your auto insurance would be void, meaning you'd be liable for all of the costs. 
He also recently wrote a column for the Vancouver Sun uh, where he said, we're making roads safer and reducing costs by cracking down on distracted drivers with higher fines and using red light cameras more aggressively to discourage people from running red lights and speeding through intersections. Let's face facts here, folks. We're all addicted to our cell phones. It's become a habit to check them constantly. You even might be listening to me now through an app on your phone. Driving while using any of the phone's functions is dangerous, and drivers are rightfully punished for doing so. But in the attempt to craft legislation designed to stamp out distracted driving, legislators have been a little more than overzealous. It means ordinary drivers who make errors in judgment are paying for it. Drivers like Mr. Bainbridge, who out of habit, picked up and just held his phone. Ms. Kazemi, uh, who picked up her phone from the passenger side footwell while stopped at a stoplight. Or Mr. Jahani, who paid dearly for not waiting to get home to recharge his phone. The government, of course, would argue that this is all in the interest of public safety. But when different levels of government start arguing over all of the extra money they're going to be making from citizens, another term comes to mind. Cash grab. Thank you for listening to Acumen Law Corporation's podcast, Justice Radio. My name is Paul Doroshenko. You can find me at acumenlaw.ca, vancouvercriminallaw.com, or you can phone me in the downtown Vancouver office, 604-685-8889.